What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a malignant piece of shit to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this episode number 102, appropriately enough, the poo-poo fallacy. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of number two. Uh, it's just yeah. Back in back when we were doing number two, we were doing standard, the obvious ones like Straw Man. Straw Man was num- was yeah, our number yeah. two. So, but yeah. yeah, this is like season two, number two. There you go. Yeah, and you're not not holding back on the, any kind of sort of. <laughs> Uh, sort of metaphorical, no, just straight foot, straight up malignant piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, it seemed yeah, appropriate. The insane ramblings. Yeah, so. <laughs> fundamentally, that's what we've been saying all this time, but in a more poetic way. Yeah, this time the covers are off. Yeah. So the poo-poo fallacy is not actually as scatological as it sounds. Uh, really, it's Despite all our best. It's yeah. <laughs> simply about dismissing an argument. It is about taking a claim or an argument or a question and acting as if, or even saying that it's not even worth discussing. It's just, it's just stupid and ridiculous, and I'm not even going to, yeah, respond. It's a way of getting out of answering a difficult question or, or responding yeah. to a to a claim that you don't know how to respond to. Really. Right. So what you're doing is malevolently embarrassing the author <laughs> of the question. Uh-huh. Really, you're you're taking the moral high ground, which is normally reserved. That act is normally reserved to people with no moral compass. <laughs> so they kind of they wouldn't know where the moral high ground was because their moral compass isn't functioning. Yeah. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. So yes, they they poo poo mm. the argument instead of actually mm. addressing it. Yeah. And our first example from Trump comes from a press conference that he was giving where he talked about the Green New Deal. And they want to do the Green New Deal, which will decimate our country and decimate. It's ridiculous, too. It's childish. I actually say the Green New Deal is childish. It's for children. It's not for adults. In the middle of that, he quite, he quite liked what he'd said. Yeah. So he, it's so he then, he then it's reported. Childish. Yeah, I actually say that. <laughs> I heard that said. And then, and, you know, and then uh-huh. obviously, it becomes true. Yeah. You know, in the usual accelerated fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he's just dismissing the Green New Deal without addressing any of the issues around it, or yeah. its, um, you know, feasibility or otherwise, or the you know, positives and negatives that could come from it. He is just saying, oh, it's stupid, it's ridiculous, it's childish. It's not for not for adults. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, complex yeah. and expensive <laughs> system of creating new yeah. jobs and new energy no. uh, in, so, in green ways. And then I, yeah, because then, you know, with my child, and then also what he's doing is elevating himself above childishness mm-hmm. by saying, well, it's childish, I can't. <laughs> And in the same way, he's dismissed it as as if he were a child. He's <laughs> called it. He's putting away childish yes. things, and uh, and and in the process, trying to um, 
put himself out there as being an adult and fails to do that. And there are people snickering in the room. I don't know whether they're snickering because he's right or because they've realised how ridiculous it is. <laughs> it's always <laughs> hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Our second example is from one of his times when he was standing by Marine One, like right under the rotors practically, and, and yeah. yelling into the, the cameras. So I have cleaned up the audio. So it sounds a little bit kind of tinny and weird, but that's because I've taken yeah. out the, the massive background noise. engines of um, And yeah. this was when uh, Matt Whitaker was briefly the Attorney General, and um, he, yeah. he was asked by a reporter whether uh, Matt Whitaker would be getting involved in the Russia investigation. It's up to him. Do you want him to rein in Robert Mueller? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. <laughs> yeah, she hit the nail on the head there. Uh -huh. The reason he was appointed was to to shut Mueller up mm -hmm. or to restrict what he could actually do about it. And when she just kind of <laughs> asked him, yeah, because Trump is so not nuanced <laughs> that he would just, if he didn't catch himself, he would just blurt out yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. He yeah. Go, yeah. So the only way he can, he can't form uh, you know, a complicated political answer. <laughs> like Yeah, I mean, it's not hard, is it? It's not, no. it's any, any politician who's actually a politician would have just said, yeah. I won't be getting involved in that at all. That will be entirely up to the Department of Justice. I won't have any kind of contact or say in the matter. Um, yeah. no, and I will abide Easy by done. whatever their ruling is and their decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's all you need to say. Yeah. Which is tantamount to yes. Yeah, that's a stupid <laughs> question. And I've been watching you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. So, it, yeah, it is the, in the hands of Trump, the poo-poo is... Uh -huh. is is just about belittling the questioner or, or belitt yeah, belittling the question. So what about the question of the Green New Deal? Well, it's a stupid question. Yeah, it's yeah. a childish question. Yeah. It's not even so worth it, it, responding it, to. Yes, yes, exactly. They kind of they take they get on their high horse and kind of look down look down their nose at them and say, you know, how dare you ask such a stupid question? Mm -hmm. That's just that's just stupid. I'm not even gonna deign it. Um, with the dignity of responding, yeah. you know, that, the Trump and dignity. I know it's a difficult concept, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what he does. And now is the time I think for Marx's British politics corner. So in the UK, they are really good at um, doing the political answers, where they kind of, you know, they are mealy mouthed around the answer. Um, yeah, I think there's a, even, a fair amount of training that goes on in in, yeah. in Whitehall to kind of get. Well, them. I don't even see Whitehall. I think it starts at Eaton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. right. Yeah, yeah. And yet, there are still ministers who are particularly adept at poo pooing. Like uh, so, the Tory current Tory Justice Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Dominic Raab. He likes a good poo poo. His favourite words in dis deploying his poos are nonsense and ridiculous. Uh, so, for example, in August 2021, he was then foreign secretary and was seen relaxing on a beach on the Greek island of Crete on a Sunday, two days after he got the news that the Taliban militants would be entering Kabul. And he was accused of not calling his counterpart in Kabul, in Afghanistan's capital, to relay the warning and set some sort of evacuation in process. Sky News 
the BBC, LBC Radio, asks him about this, which he happily doesn't answer. And he even dismisses the Commons Select Committee, who are asking about the government's response and his continued role as foreign minister. All of those claims and suggestions are, 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 well, which are not true. Well, we discussed the matter. I agreed to come back uh, on Sunday. I'm not going to add further uh, to the speculation around that. Is it true that you defied instructions to come back two days earlier? No, all of that's nonsense, and I've answered okay. questions now okay. uh, on that. That's fine. The, the, the stuff about me being lounging around on the beach all day, just nonsense. Uh, the, the stuff about me paddleboarding, nonsense. The sea was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. Do you think there's a campaign to sort of get you out of the job? Politics is a rough game, but all I can tell you is um, uh, anyone that's going and briefing newspapers, and of course August is, uh, uh, is, is known as the silly season uh, for this kind of stuff, uh, they aren't either, they're either peripheral figures or they frankly lack credibility because they should be focused on the job at hand. It just doesn't seem credible that you were missing in action. Are you the person to take us forward? And will you now again consider your position? Look, um, I, I understand why you would want to use this committee to uh, engage in uh, the politics of this. So he, he uses nonsense several times, he said, and, and that he's not going to add to the speculation. So all of the stuff that's asked is just pure speculation. And now you're just speculating. And if you ask me that question, you're just taking part in the nonsense. And say, the sea was shut. So yeah, that's that a day. bit of a giveaway, because he was yeah. saying, I, I wasn't on the beach. Anyway, there was a red warning <laughs> at that yeah, particular yeah, that's beach, right. yeah, I wasn't so I couldn't have been that surfing. Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. And how would you know that unless you trotted down there with your surfboard and somebody goes, no, no, you can't go in today, there's a red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't lounging around, it was nonsense. And then, and then he... Um, he says, well, he does what Michael, Go Michael Gove is another one for doing this. His, his belittling is to, to uh, in, a, in a kind of Uriah Heapish, humble, ever so humble kind of way, he says to the journalist, well, what you're doing is, is a journalistic thing. You're doing that thing where you're setting up me to fail and it's, you know, and I respect you for it and it's a good thing to do. And what Rob is doing, he's saying, yes, this kind of stuff belongs to the silly season. So people who are briefing two newspapers, so he's poo-pooing, he's doing yeah. two poo-poos. Anyone talking so, about this silly stuff is just silly. <laughs> yes, yeah, and they, they should be concentrating on the job in hand, you know, and is is the job in hand to actually get rid of you, yeah. But the briefing gets you, yes. And then at the Common Select Committee, she says, so you were missing in action at the time, you didn't make the phone call when you should have, will you consider your position? And he poo-poos it by saying, well... It's yeah, I don't, you know, don't, I can't. It's kind of, I don't disrespect you for it, but I thoroughly expected you to use this platform to play politics. That's the thing that uh, Boris Johnson. That's his poo-poo as well. Whenever he doesn't want to answer any question, which is always, he accuses the question asker. Normally, it's Keir Starmer of playing politics. You're just playing politics. Well, better to be playing politics than just playing, which is all that Boris does so, so yeah so he's used the whole gamut there so um, so the final question was you know will you resign and of course his job is secure and here's Boris Johnson assuring us in the time on a fashion that his job is safe and point out that the Taliban's approach was something long prepared for which of course Rob poo-poos but he doesn't poo-poo it to 
uh, Boris's face, he does it back to the same select committee. Obviously, your foreign secretary was sitting on a beach when he was told to make a phone call to his Afghan counterpart. We know that phone call didn't happen. Do you still have confidence in him? Absolutely, and I can tell you that uh, the whole of the government has been working uh, virtually around the clock, hitting the phones to uh, do what we can to sort it out, to, to deal with a, a situation that has been long in, uh, in gestation. Well, you know France started their evacuation way back in they, May. They, they, Claudia, you... this is just nonsense. They, you're comparing, uh, you're just not comparing like for like. Boris is saying it's been long in gestation and all that. So, uh, yeah, so much so that France began planning their uh, their evacuation in March, not two days after the mm. phone call in August. And Rob poo-poos that and said, "You're not comparing like for like." Well, uh, okay, how is it unlike? It doesn't even he doesn't go. That's that's not like that because of these reasons. And also, they, the Boris's answer there is just. It's just not on the. It's not on this the the subject of this fallacy. But he's just scrabbling around, hurriedly running around inside his head, trying to find meaningful phrases. Yes, they are. They're they're working well virtually around the clock. <laughs> you know, like Rob was working virtually yeah. round the clock. <laughs> yeah, he was. He wasn't even working from, you know, like we've all been working from home virtually. He wasn't doing that. He was on the beach, not making phone calls. Yeah, so, not paddleboarding. Yeah. Not, paddle, not paddleboarding, no. And then, so, because his job was secure, I yeah, I have every confidence in, which is all the shortcut for, <laughs> no, he's going to get fired as soon as, soon as I get out of this conference. So on the 15th of September, Rob went into Tra- Downing Street and there apparently was a kind of a, a bit of a heated exchange because Boris Johnson brought about a reshuffle, uh, uh, one of six by the last count, I think he's done, um, where Raab was demoted to Justice Secretary. So he wasn't sacked, he was just, there was a reshuffle. They just got people out of those posts and put them in another post, which is not sacking at all. <laughs> and then And then he complained so much that he also became the newly invented Deputy Prime Minister bit so which he'd because he'd stood up and told lies when Boris Johnson had COVID um at the during the daily press conferences that we had he took uh, over the lie telling uh, yeah role mantle yeah. yes yes he put on the cloak of invisibility <laughs> yeah 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 there were so, lies uh, to be told someone had to do it someone had so, to tell him and Boris was busy in, in, in a hospital bed lying so, about yeah. being healthy yeah <laughs> lying about his bed yes yeah so um so our second example is about proroguing parliament um so in 2019 united kingdom uh was going to withdraw from the eu and it, that was the default position with or without a negotiated withdrawal agreement so it's kind of the withdrawal agreement was the thing that uh boris said we had an oven ready one of which was basically the same deal that he had voted against. Uh, no, he'd resigned in from Theresa May's uh, government because the, that was her deal, and he said, "Well, it's not good enough." So it was. It's basically we're going to get out of Brexit. Um, as we do so, here's the list of things we will continue to do um, as before. So staying in the customs union, staying in the. Uh, the the kind of the Interpol the information exchange, all of that kind of stuff, not needing a backstop 
not needing a, a hard border in the Northern Ireland, all that kind of stuff. So there was a withdrawal agreement. So the plot to oust Theresa May was based on the fact that that wasn't good enough. So uh, he resigned, Theresa May lost the vote of no confidence and uh, was ousted. Boris was in. He needed a withdrawal agreement in order under which we would then leave the EU. He uses exactly the same one. And to avoid scrutiny in the summer of, uh, yeah, it was like August, I think, of 2019, um, the... There was a an idea to prorogue Parliament. So proroguing Parliament is basically just to suspend all parliamentary activities for like however long they wanted to do it, um, which would avoid any kind of uh, it would prevent a motion of no confidence or a motion to trigger an early election. It would prevent legislation to ratify the agreement inspect the agreement, seek an extension of Brexit negotiations or revoke th- Article 50, so we don't leave the EU at all. So all of the scrutiny of this oven-ready deal would be avoided if they just what they just they would just shut the school basically. And um, and John Perko at the time said Parliament will not be evacuated from the centre stage of decision-making process on this important matter, which was so blindingly obvious it didn't need stating, but he needed to state it. But Johnson went ahead and did it. At the time, Tory Party Work and Pension Secretary Amber Rudd had this to say about it, and and she wasn't dismissing it. She actually meant it. It is a ridiculous suggestion to consider proroguing Parliament. And for a start, it would involve approaching the Queen. And that, of course, is an absolutely... We, nobody should consider doing that. We may have our difficulties as MPs arriving at a decision, but the idea of involving the Queen is completely wrong. So I think the idea that this is some kind of constitutional outrage is nonsense. It's actually lawful, it's perfectly proper, there's precedent for it, but actually fundamentally for the people watching this, they want to see that we're leaving the EU, but also talking about all the other things they expect us to be addressing. That's what this government will be doing. So Amber Rudd says it's ridiculous, she meant it. Dominic Raab, once they'd done it, he said the outrage is nonsense. It's not legal. It's not illegal. Perfectly legal. It's perfectly fine. All that kind of stuff. Just uses it to dismiss the question, which was, is what you're doing the right thing to do? It's a constitutional outrage that you're just shutting down Parliament at the very time we need to look at the, scrutinise the agreement that you won't let us look at. But, but, and, and so he Raab walks off at the end. So And Amber Rudd went ahead and resigned on the 7th of September in protest against the Brexit policy and that 27 dissenting MPs had been ousted. So once Boris got in, all the people that didn't want Boris in, did want Theresa May's agreement, were in the the government and the cabinet. He chucked them all out. It was the, the, the night of the long knives. So all the pro-Remainers, anti-Brexiteers, anti-Boris, pro-Theresa May... Uh, anti-proroguing parliament were all ousted. On the 24th of September, the Supreme Court ruled unanimously that the prorogation of parliament was both justiciable, so i.e. subject to trial in the court of law, they could say, yes, it was right that they were looking at it, and it was unlawful. So despite what Dominic Raab dismissed as nonsense, it was against the law that they did it. And that Johnson's advice to the Queen to prorogue Parliament was outside the powers of the Prime Minister. That was within, well, when was he in? 
May. That was within six months of his office. He was found to have done something illegal. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not quicker than Trump. Yeah, Trump. Uh, well, no, found true. to have done something <laughs> illegal might might be more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably more than was ever done to Trump. Yeah. but immediately yeah, started yeah, yeah. doing illegal yeah. stuff. Both of them, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was oh, yeah, a, kind yeah. of a race yeah. to the bottom. Uh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like a well, more like a plummet. Yeah. Come back, we know you're telling lies. Oh, come on, Boris, it's just ridiculous. Oh, come on, come on, come on, it's just ridiculous. Come on, come on, come on, come on. it's just ridiculous. 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 There's Redfoo there with his 2013 hit, Let's Get Ridiculous. And in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And our first example this week is really not necessarily an example of the fallacy, but more a warning about what poo-poo can lead to from, uh, from General Melchett. <laughs> Do you have any ideas who it might be, young lady? Well, sir, I'm only a humbled nurse, but I did at one point think it might be Captain Darling. Well, bugger me with a fish fork. <laughs> oh, darling, a Jerry Morse tapper? What nurse made you suspect him? Well, sir, he poo-pooed the captain here and said he'd never find the spy. Is this true, Blackadder? Did Captain Darling poo-poo you? <laughs> well, perhaps a little. Well, then, damn it all, what more evidence do you need? The poo-pooing alone is a court-martial offence. I can assure you, sir, that the poo-pooing was purely circumstantial. Well, I hope so, Blackadder. You know, if there's one thing I've learned from being in the army, it's never ignore a poo-poo. <laughs> I knew a major got poo-pooed, made the mistake of ignoring the poo-poo. He poo-pooed it. Fatal error. Because it turned out all along that the soldier who poo-pooed him had been poo-pooing a lot of other officers who poo-pooed their poo-poos. In the end, we had to disband the regiment. Morale totally destroyed by poo-poo. There you go. Never poo-poo a poo-poo. No. Always yeah. take poo-poo seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, our first real example... Uh, in in fantasy of the world is from uh, a song which is a bit unusual i don't usually bring songs but, ah, this... but when you do it's normally these guys <laughs> this is yeah. actually that's true this is the divine comedy <laughs> yeah with something for the weekend she said there's something in the wood shed and i can hear it breathing it's such an She said, there's something in the woodshed. He said, there's nothing in the woodshed, it's your imagination. End of the conversation. Yeah. End of conversation. Yeah. That's it. Um, she insists in the next verse that there is something in the woodshed. And uh, he 
continues to to tell her that there's nothing in the woodshed except maybe some wood. Right. Does, does she turn out to be right? Well, I mean, spoiler for this song if you haven't heard it. Ah, but you haven't uh, heard it, yeah. Sorry, verse three, verse four. <laughs> it yeah. turns out that actually she was trying to get him to go into the woodshed so that um, allies of her could uh, could attack him and they could make off with his car and his stuff. So <laughs> nice, yeah. Nice. So there, so there was technically something in the woodshed, but he was right to yeah. be sceptical. He was, right. you see, yeah. never never ignore a poo poo. <laughs> yeah. And our next example is from Futurama. This is Yay! actually technically a political one, really, because this is from an episode called Decision Thirty Twelve. Uh, which right. was around the 2012 elections. And Aha, this yeah, was yeah. Uh, where Bender was doing some work for then-future President Nixon. Right, yes. Who was campaigning against a young senator um, who they found out had an unusual middle name and therefore decided to challenge whether he was actually born on Earth. Of course I was born on Earth. Oh, really? Then we voters demand you release your Earth certificate. So I can then claim it's a fake. I'm not going to dignify this preposterous charge. Are there any real questions? Scoop Chang, Fox quote-unquote news. Senator, in the last 10 seconds, I've heard reports you weren't actually born on Earth. Care to evade these compelling charges? No. I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> Excellent. That's, yeah, that's the minister. Is it true you stopped beating your wife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice yeah. kind of complex question from folk Fox quote unquote news. <laughs> yeah, I, um, <laughs> in the last ten seconds, I just heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't actually done complex questions yet. Uh, it is a, another logical fallacy, which uh, we will uh, at some point do. Yeah, Although yeah. most of Trump's questions are complex simply because he's unable to form a sentence, rather than because he has <laughs> some kind of malignant messaging in there. But um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that one. But yes, before that, we had the senator dismissing the claims that he is actually not born on Earth and should show his Earth certificate to prove that he is. And again, spoiler for this episode, it's like 10 years old, so you've probably seen it. But um, (laughs) it turns out, although this was just a naked political ploy and they had no reason for assuming that this guy wasn't, in fact, born on Earth, it turns out that there was something to hide and although he was born on Earth, he wasn't yet, because he's from the future. Ah. Ah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so he didn't technically have an Earth certificate yet. Excellent. They sent him back in time to prevent... So, yeah, ex- ex- precisely yeah. that. And this was exactly yeah. at the time when it looked like Trump might be... Well, was certainly challenging Obama. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And our final example in this section is from Airplane. And I mean, this just kind of had to be in here, really. Yeah, yeah. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. (laughs) Uh, I don't care how many times I hear that. It's still funny. (laughs) It's so good. It's it's, it's the deadpan delivery, isn't it? Yeah, that you just kind of does that that's so good just does it each and every time and they and it just it happens throughout (laughs) doesn't it that various versions of that brilliant yeah so uh yeah surely you can't be serious is is kind of a way of of dismissing the question in a way rather than engaging with it Um, yeah yeah rather than saying of course i can yeah 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 and uh and i have heard it suggested that john McEnroe kind of his you can't be serious yeah, was yeah. kind of an example of this, but it's not really because he 
immediately backs it up by by saying because well, this was from what 1981 yeah. Wimbledon yeah, um, and, yeah, yeah. and and he's chalk he was saying up. yeah the chalk yeah. flew up there was chalk yeah. uh, it, it was on the yeah. line so he's not dismissing it he's he is countering the claim from the umpire that it was out and also yeah. exasperatedly saying you cannot be serious so, yeah yeah that one yes not an example so before we move on to fake news this week i just want to let you know that probably by the time you listen to this depending on when you listen to it if you're if you're like one of those people who immediately it downloads to your phone you're like well fallacious trump is here i must stop what i'm doing and listen immediately Don't you listen to that? then yeah. then it might be a few hours for you to wait for this but for right. for, for right. other listeners who have waited maybe a full eight hours or a day um it might be time what now have you been doing to get your <laughs> yeah. qed tickets Especially if yes. you live in the UK, if you don't live in the UK yep. but have the capacity to travel, then uh, QED is an amazing sceptical conference yep. that is happening in Manchester at the end of October 2022. Yep. It's run by the guys who do Skeptics with a K and Be Reasonable, Marsh, who's you know friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times. Yep. And uh, we'll be there. Um, we're we're yes. not kind of presenting or, or doing a like a live podcast or anything like that, but we will be there watching everything and drinking and laughing and, and being very yeah. entertained and interested in everything that is happening. And being being taken in by or not taken in by guest magi- magicians, uh-huh. yeah, um, things like we like we were <laughs> slash weren't last time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It will technically be our first QED, but but yeah, we did see the previous event that the Merseyside Skeptics Society put on. Uh, which is kind go. of a small yeah, yeah. version of QED, uh, and this is yeah. this is massive compared to that, and that was awesome. So this is just going to be incredible. So it's on the 29th and 30th of October 2022 this yeah. year. So and it's at the Mercury Piccadilly Hotel in Manchester. There are many speakers. Yeah, it's one of those ones with multiple kind of tracks. Mm. So there's a main stage where there's stuff you have to decide. I know which that's skeptical yeah. talk you're more interested in that's listening gonna to. That's going to be the hard bit, isn't it? It'll yeah, be kind of yeah. like it's yeah, it's usual festival problem, isn't it? Uh-huh. There are a lot to people who are like-minded skeptical thinkers and you know logical fallacies fit right in yeah the guys from puzzle in a thunderstorm will be there doing god-awful movies podcast i think live and doing other stuff as well and plenty of opportunity to to meet with like-minded skeptical type people have a drink have some fun and it's a great weekend so yeah maybe we'll see some of you there yeah yeah now you know what we look like so how do we get tickets? Yeah, you can get tickets from qedcon.org and tickets go on sale on the 13th of June. We hope to see you there. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. You see, the, the proposal that you're putting forward that this is game and not a biased humiliation is simply preposterous. You're, you're, you're simply playing at political gaming. You're just playing games here. <laughs> it's it's quite literally ludicrous. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. So it's perfectly yeah. reasonable. These examples here that we have of yeah. Trump talking, saying things. Saying, so, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's quite, <laughs> I like that distinction between talking and saying, saying yeah, things. Saying things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a rally yeah. he did in Wyoming where it seems he got nostalgic about when he had Twitter... Oh, right. Right. And, and he starts yeah, talking yeah. about some of his favourite tweets. <laughs> right. So, statement number yeah. one. I put out, like, this tweet. I think it was like a Saturday morning, and I saw something on television. I said, I believe Obama spied on my campaign. Okay, now, I didn't think it was that big a deal. You know, you put it out, 
Boom. Three minutes later, I get a call like my phone goes crazy. Sir, did you just say that President Obama spied on your campaign? Yeah, what's the big deal? Sir, the wires are burning up. I said, really? Yeah, he loves it when A, people call him <laughs> sir, and and B, his tweets boom. Uh-huh. That, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Statement uh-huh. number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After Kofifi, it was the single biggest tweet I yeah. ever did. Kofifi was bigger. But after Kofifi, which was world's number one, it was the biggest tweet I ever did. And I thought it was just going to be like routine, you know, throwing it out. But that's what I thought. That's what I heard. And you know why it was such a big deal? Because we caught them. And they realised that we caught them. And it became a monster. <laughs> okay. okay. Right. And uh, statement number three. All right. Yeah. And now it turns out I was right all along. They thought they could get away with it, and they almost did. If I hadn't tweeted about it, maybe we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. But, you know, if it was a Republican who did that, imagine if somebody spied on Obama. They'd be looking at a thing called the death penalty. It's true, because it's totally corrupt. If a Republican sneezes, they get arrested. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just brilliant. The kind of whole... there's There's a famous painting by Paul Clay... It's a kind of abstract expression. He, he, he did a painting called "Taking a Line for a Walk," and it just and it starts off and it just goes over there. Oh, this an eight foot canvas or something, and it just goes all over the place. And that's what a beginning of a of a tweet of a, of a tweet of a of a, of a uh, Trump sentence. It's like that. It starts off on one. And it just goes, there's no way of knowing where it's going to go, and it just what? How did you get there from there? That's the you know, there's he's playing six six steps of Kevin Bacon right there. You know, how do you get there? Okay, yeah, I've got to go from here to there. You've no idea. You, that would be a, hey, we should do a game show <laughs> where you could just go, okay, in a Trump like way, I want you to get from coffee to Guantanamo. And he, he could do it easily. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, yeah. yeah, no problem. And the, and you you could and have over <laughs> and, and one of them's right here and I don't know which one it is. Right. Well, I'm. <clears throat> see, I'm. Um, I'm I'm hedging towards Kovifi just because I can't believe that he would talk about it. In the, I was about to say in that way, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what way he's talking about it so it could be and 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 it became a monster is quite a, a thing we caught them we realized it and it became a monster it could be him okay yeah saturday morning and then but the one with sir in sir he's he uh, uh, so it's no point in going well that one's not true in terms of what he what the content is because he lies about everything. So, okay, of the and then the Republican sneezes, they get arrested. Oh God! Okay, I'm going to go with the gut, and and I know it's wrong, but I'm going to go with number two is the one that you made up. Okay, so the other two, which are you more convinced by? I think the the sir. Did you say that President Obama spied on your campaign? Yes, sir. That one. Why is it burning up? So the first one. Yeah. Right. And the first one is. And the first one is. Real. I put out like this tweet. I think it was like on a Saturday morning, and I saw something on television, and I said, I believe Obama spied on my campaign. Okay. 
Now, I didn't think it was that big a deal. You know, you put it up, hey, da, ba. Three minutes later, I get a call, like my phone goes crazy. Sir, did you just say that President Obama spied in your campaign? Yeah, what's the big deal? Sir, the wires are burning up. I said, really? It's just that, it's that kind of faux naivety. <laughs> you go, you know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Mm, You've just perfectly normal thing to do. The, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The previous president was spying on your campaign because you saw something on television. You're probably bloody watching Fox and Friends. Uh-huh. And Fox oh, and d- and yeah, definitely, well, definitely, definitely. So I saw something. And then I thought, right, I'll just endorse that conspiracy theory, that piece of bat shittery. I'll endorse that and go, yeah, yeah. And then go, oh, what's the big deal? Really? Really? I didn't think it was it. And then did someone in the audience shout, did he really say that? (laughs) Did he really call you, sir? Nobody bloody does that. It's not true. None of it. Who says the wires are burning up with, like, people calling? Exactly. Yeah, but nobody says not the wires that. are burning up. Nobody yeah. says that. No, Maybe but, in, well, a, in a 1940s yeah. gangster movie, <laughs> you know, that's, which is where he gets his, his contemporary technology advice from. Yeah. And his business plans. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go around, we're going to threaten people not to beat them up if they don't give us money. Yes. Yeah. Nice country you got here. Be a shame if someone became president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, what I mean, <laughs> Vince. So, yeah. uh, you also think that number three is real? I think number three is real. And number three? And number three is? Is? Fake news. Oh, man, you got me with sneezes. Got you with the sneezes. I got arrested. Sneezes, yeah. 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 Oh, what? And, and yeah, you see, and a nice mm-hmm. callback for the spied on Obama. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that means we that number two. About it if I <laughs> oh my god! So that means number two. Oh no! That means the whole Kofifi thing. Whole Kofifi is thing is real. Is real. No. After Kofefi, it was the single biggest tweet I ever did. Kofefi was bigger, but after Kofefi, which was world's number one. It was the biggest tweet I ever did, and I thought it was just going to be like routine. You know, I'm throwing it out, but that's what I thought. That's what I heard. And you know why it was such a big deal? Because we caught them, and they realized that we caught them, and it became a monster. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd <laughs> like to sing you that monster. <laughs> it's, it is like, it's, a, it's a Las Vegas <laughs> kind of last ditch you know it's the it's fat elvis isn't it it's <laughs> fat elvis period kind of going yeah covetfi was the biggest tweet bigger it was great world's number one was the biggest one i ever did yeah. i thought it's going to be like that but uh hey this is the next one and because we caught the what the fuck is he talking about he's it's he's just, a little bit off on the numbers as well yeah uh, when saying saying that Kofefi was was the not well, not just the world's number one, I can tell you what the yeah. world's number one tweet was in terms of likes at the time that he tweeted that they spied on his campaign. Uh, it was a Barack Obama tweet <laughs> where where he said, "No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion," uh, and that that had four point one million likes at the time. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't have the world's number one tweet. Uh, yeah. at that point um kofifi or kofefi obviously you know he knows better how to pronounce it than i do um is is not 
his number one tweet. It is not even his number one tweet containing the word Kofefi. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it right. is his, in terms of uh, retweets, it's his 46th biggest tweet. Right. Uh, but in terms of likes, it's his 1,607th biggest tweet. It only wow. got 163 likes. It's 163,000 likes, rather, I should say. Wow. Um, yeah. His biggest tweet ever was the one where he announced that he had COVID. <laughs> that got a shit ton of likes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1.87 million people liked the Bad. fact that yeah. he said, uh, Flotus and I have tested positive for COVID. Really? Uh, and 409,000 people retweeted it, which was almost twice as many as the next uh, biggest retweet. Wow. Um, <laughs> so when he said they realised that we caught them, because we caught them, he's talking about the COVID virus then. Yeah, yeah, apparently, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, so his claim that his uh, his tweet that where they spied on his campaign, saying that Obama spied on his campaign, was his second biggest. Oh, right, yeah. He's yeah. he's a little bit off there as well. Yeah. Uh, in terms of retweets, it was his 3,087th biggest tweet. It only got 30,000 retweets. It yeah. barely made a splash. Yeah. And it only had 127,000 likes, so it's his 2,786th wow. uh, most popular, yeah. most liked tweet. The fact that he believes it makes it true. And yeah, yeah. the fact that he's saying it to a whole bunch of people who don't question Trump at all doesn't matter. So they'll just go, yeah, whatever. You are the, you're the greatest, so you can just make shit yeah. up. And we, they don't even say that. They don't even go, just make anything up and tell us and we'll believe it. They just go, we believe everything you say. You're the greatest. Everyone yeah. everyone that's pointing out the factual errors of what you say are fake news. They're against you. It's, you know, that it's a conspiracy. So, so it's, yeah. yeah. And, and I can tell you, I can tell you what his fourth biggest tweet right. was in terms of retweets, yeah. at least. And definitely way up there, like twice as many as, as Kofepi. Yeah. In, in terms of likes, was one that he did in 2014. Oh, wow. But it got most of its uh, likes and retweets after he became president because it was, are you allowed to impeach a president for gross incompetence? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so all this stuff about, well, you know, I just threw it out there. Oh, oh this thing that I just typed? <laughs> yeah. The fact that he's, he had nothing to do with any of the popularity of them and yet everything to do with it because they're uh -huh. about him and they're <laughs> things that he's been caught out saying. Yeah, because they caught him <laughs> and he became a monster. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately that means that you did not win. No, I'm on, a, I'm on a losing streak. Uh, you are on a losing oh. streak, actually, because you had 45... Yeah, she did. I, Some time did ago. you win? I think you did. You get forty five on on our on, on our hundredth episode. I think so I was, yeah, I was bang so you, on the middle. Oh right, this yeah, is yeah. this is only two in a row now that you've lost. Uh, so it's not too bad. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's forty five now out of ninety two. So you're going further away from fifty percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work to do on that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's all nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. The lot of it. So it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Kenneth Cheesebro is not a logical fallacy. Such a great name, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's a great name. It's great. <laughs> Why haven't we heard of him before now? It's yeah. It's just uh, yeah. It's, well, I kind of all I've got is is um is the big kind of cheesy cheetah. The cheetah's yeah. cheetah. That's all I can see. Chester, Chester, I think. Chester, yes, yeah. exactly. The reason we're talking about Kenneth Cheesebro. 
uh, yeah. will become apparent because this is the January 6th committee, which yeah. is actually yeah. starting its hearings even as we record. It is, right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is prime time, June 9th, yeah. and they are holding their first public hearing tonight. And right. so we're not watching it because we're doing this. Yeah. So you'll actually, by, by the time you listen to this, probably know a lot more about the first day of the public hearing than we yeah. do. Yeah. So we can only talk about what we think is going to happen and yeah. some of the stuff that might come out. But, but realistically, we'll be talking about some of the stuff that is going to come out over the course of the multiple public hearings that they are having. Yeah. There's, I think, two uh, scheduled for prime time, which is the 9th and the 23rd of june i think mm-hmm. and there's others for for kind of other parts of the day but but we you can catch up with them i imagine on other media sources so uh, except fox yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is choosing not to preempt their programming because it's so important to to yeah see Talk about tucker stuff. carlson and, and laura ingram saying white supremacy things instead of yeah. finding out what the government's what, doing yeah uh, about white supremacy white yes. <laughs> yes exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what we do know at least is that of all of the things that they have already released to the yeah. public uh, that is just a kind of a very small fraction of the documents that they actually have and the story that they are going to be laying out right. of what led up to the attack on the Capitol yeah. and what role in that Donald Trump and his allies had. Yeah, because that's been the, the whole thing, I guess, isn't it? To try and establish a causal connection between um, what Trump's involvement was and but we you know we know the insurrection happened. We know that mm-hmm. people attacked the building. We know that they said Trump sent us. But what we want it, what we want to do is to find some kind of definite bit that sticks the two together that says, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and in that way, he can never run for office again. Kind of thing. That's yeah. what we're kind of hoping for, you know. And and I guess along the way. Um, to kind of move past the fact that you can just dismiss this as they were Antifa dressed up or they were Democrats yeah. pretending to be, you know, apart from all the, the Republicans that have been arrested <laughs> as a result, you know, ignore those, ignore those. But the one, the ones that do count, yeah, all yeah. of them are dismissible as, you know, people that were just cosplaying being violent extremists. And they, were, and they weren't violent, nor were they extreme. So that's, <laughs> that's, and I guess along the way that all that stuff is going to be, debunked for sure yes but some sort of definite causal connection would be delightful wouldn't it well if that is going to come and i think it may do it is going to come through john eastman right who was uh, one of the lawyers working for trump um and advising trump and various republican senators on what they could do about kind of stopping the count of the the you know basically of kind of messing with the Electoral Count Act and yeah. uh, disrupting what was going to happen on January 6th, what was planned to happen on January 6th, not what ultimately happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've mentioned the John Eastman memo where he laid out the steps that they could take of, you know, rejecting the, st- the legitimate electors yeah. from yeah. various states and accepting just the random weirdos who got yeah. together in a wendy's parking lot to to, to say we are to the say we are the yes we are this the state yeah. yes yes yeah um 
And and it turns out that the yeah. John Eastman memo isn't a John Eastman memo so much as a Ken Cheesebro memo. Oh, okay, um, right. Because because it seems like that plan yeah. to um, to get random weirdos to pretend to, to be state we are, and yeah. and for Pence to to say. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, then. I, I basically yeah. get to make this decision, and yeah. uh, on all of that stuff, all of which was bollocks on its yeah. face immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that actually came from from a Texas lawyer called Kenneth Cheesebro, right. uh, who put some of it in an email to Rudy Giuliani in oh, okay. in, yeah. in December of uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he had conversations. I think um, even before that. Um, pretty soon after the uh, election, like within days of the election, John Eastman mm-hmm. was certainly talking to people about this kind of thing. Um, right. And I don't know to what extent. Uh, well, he was John Eastman was talking to lots of different people about like what can we do? Just desperately, kind of flailing yeah, yeah. around how for we, we've lost we, the election. Yeah. How can we not have lost, have lost the, election? the election? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and one of the people he talked to was Ken Cheesebro, and his ideas at least some of his ideas and some of Eastman's and things like that kind of got workshopped up into what ultimately became the memo that was given to uh, Mark Short Mike Pence's um, chief of staff um, suggesting that he kind of single-handedly decide that he had the ability to overturn the election which obviously he didn't which is why people said hang Mike Pence because they thought he should have done that yeah but here's the more interesting thing about Ken Cheesebro. Um, it's that while John Eastman has been fighting the courts, essentially, in a civil suit to stop all of his many, many, many documents getting given to the um, January 6th committee and losing again and again and again, most yeah. recently just yesterday, um, Ken Cheesebro has been cooperating with the January 6th committee from the beginning. Oh, right. And okay. he has yeah, a yeah. lot of insider knowledge about the discussions that were going on and how this memo came to be and all of the back and, and forth. Where it went and how it got. It, uh, yeah, and he also had yeah. his side of all of the emails that were sent yeah. between him and John yeah. Eastman. And um, so, so the January 6th committee already had a lot of stuff that uh, John Eastman was trying to stop them from getting. Um, and wow. has continually failed to stop them from getting, in part because courts have been able to say, okay, you've claimed this document was privileged because of this or because you ha- had a kind of potential um, lawyer-client relationship with this person, but we know from another source that that's right. bollocks. Right. So, um, And also we know from other sources that this this document that you're trying to stop us seeing uh, was specifically kind of in furtherance of a crime, and right. that means it's right. not privileged, right. and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So oh, right, and, they, and the other sources include Cheeseborough. So yeah, they've been, they've among been very others, good among at... many others who have been cooperating. Yeah. Uh, with the committee, um, and there have been lots of people who have been subpoenaed who have given information to the committee, and people who have been subpoenaed who have refused to give information to the committee, and yeah, so that there, there is a a lot of evidence to come out and this is not a trial in the yeah. same way as the impeachment yeah. wasn't a trial um but they don't get to kind of give the opposite view they don't there aren't um people on the president's the former president's side right. 
saying, well, this is what really happened. Oh, okay. So this there's, no is, kind of, there's no defence counsel. No, ultimately, this is a narrative. Yeah. This is the yeah. committee has done its work over the course of 10 months now. Yeah. They have done a huge amount of uh, talking to people, research, reading documents, reading uh, you know legal briefs and all of that kind of stuff. And they have worked out their as far as they can, what happened, who was involved, what led to what. Right. These public hearings are essentially their opportunity to lay that all out for the American public. Right. To say, yeah. this is the shit that went on. Yeah. Um, don't you and, think and something should be done the, about that? And this is the stuff that you don't know about. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. quite so it's amazing that they've that we've not heard about Cheesebro yeah. up till now. You know, we've had we've been watching all the trailers, so we kind of like, and yet they've not given us the you know the surprise reappearance of Luke Skywalker <laughs> CGI to make him look young. Yeah, they kind of they kept that bit out. They kind of saying here's here's what we know, these are the things we know, but we don't but we don't know how they know that, and the the likes of Cheeseboro and all this other stuff is going mm-hmm. to to so that he's in a way. The, they must have learned something from the Mueller impeachment stuff, and well, both impeachments that you don't give away the goods too soon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. In, otherwise, it, it become there's, and you certainly don't let Bill Barr summarise it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you scrutinise the ellipses and the uh, and the commas at the end of quotations. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. The John Eastman thing has been going on now for a while, where he has been, um, um, he he hired a couple of uh, criminal lawyers, like right. criminal lawyers in the sense of they defend criminals rather than, you know, in the in the, in the, in the yeah, Giuliani in the sense. in the right, in the yeah. medical soul method yeah. of yes. criminal lawyers, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's weird because he's the plaintiff in a civil case. Right. To to try to get his employers at I think Chapman University to to not give documents to the committee. Right. Um that were essentially on their kind of email servers. That was one of the things that he was trying to, to get them to stop doing. Um so it is a bit weird that, that to to as as a plaintiff bringing a civil case against um another person to stop them doing something, the lawyers he picks are two kind of white collar criminal lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whose whose usual job is trying to keep kind of people like him out of prison, um, and that maybe kind of indicates what's going on with him. Uh, but but his they've also because they're criminal lawyers, and this isn't mostly what they do. They've been really shit at it, right? Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And I mean the 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 case that came out um, the the uh, that was adjudicated just yesterday. Uh, I because you know we have this to do and also jobs and yeah. not to mention research for the um, the patron episodes yeah. that we're doing at the moment yeah. about two thousand mules, which takes yeah. a lot of research yeah. to debunk and a lot of lot of energy, uh, yes. yeah, a lot of mental um, energy. So I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing yet, but yeah. I did spot this brilliant bit, uh, right. which is from the section of um, documents that that John Eastman has claimed attorney-client privilege for. Involving his representation of Trump, who he, by the way, can't provide any evidence that he was actually representing Trump. But but the (laughs) the courts, yeah, yeah, the courts have essentially said, yeah, you probably were. We'll give you that one. It's fine. Right. 
Um, so, <laughs> so one of the things that he uh, he has claimed it says three of the five documents that Eastman claims attorney-client privilege for yeah. um, are news articles or photos from President Trump sent by his executive assistant to Dr. Eastman. Dr. Eastman does not explain how these seek legal advice. <laughs> which seems reasonable. Um, Although Dr. Eastman's privilege log claims that the photo is President Trump's, quote, handwritten note reissues for anticipated litigation, end quote, the note simply celebrates the size of President Trump's campaign rallies. (laughs) So one of the things he's claiming is attorney-client privilege is is a handwritten note from Trump boasting about how many people came to his latest rally. Right? How does that help so, the case? How, I, it's, I, it makes you wonder why he's trying to hide these things. It's yeah. very strange. Is it kind of? Is it a kind of a gate? If we can get a gateway ruling to to grant that privilege, it's. Th- I don't. Then he could get another one through. Or is well, no, because he's trying to. That his argument to, was: this is privileged. You can't see can't it. Can't see it. Yeah. And the court is going. Well, that's just bullshit. This isn't. This yeah. is not. The kind of thing that about attorney-client privilege yeah. attaches to. <laughs> yes, yeah. Nor, nor is it information that's that's worth protecting. It's, it's very boasting, weird because it's going to be false anyway. If he's boasting yeah. about the size of the rally, it won't be true. <laughs> we we yeah. know that from every single rally he's talked about. It, it's the, yeah, anything we do with numbers, numbers and Trump. Overinflated, yeah. not true. So why would you then say, "Well, this is <laughs> lawyer-client privilege, privilege data"? Him <laughs> bullshitting about numbers of people that came to the rally. So yeah. in this most recent ruling, it was found that of the 599 documents that were being looked at for this specific uh, ruling, yeah. um, 440 are privileged. And 159 were to be handed over to the House Select Committee by 2 p.m. yesterday. I, I, hope, I hope it doesn't include the uh, the boasting about the rallies. <laughs> I hope that is oh, it'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. been the general rule over the course of all of Eastman's claims right. of of you know these these 11,000 documents are privileged, and, yeah. and the court is like, yeah, you're going to have to be a bit more specific than that. Yeah. Go back and tell us why tell us all of why them are privileged. All of them are. And yeah, then the ones and then someone gets to look at them by now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, just from that source, the committee has a huge amount of information about the communications that Eastman had from even before election day, because they were kind of obviously thinking this might happen mm. if he if he lost, because Trump was already saying in like August, if if I yeah, lose, it's because be they dominant. cheated. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Things that happen to me. Open this envelope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of information from Eastman, from other sources, um, from uh, people that they've subpoenaed, that they have obviously been able to weave together a narrative from. Yeah, they have got Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and people like that who have either spoken to them or have been subpoenaed, um, and of course there are court cases where people like that have either been found guilty of seditious conspiracy yep. and in some cases pled guilty and there is there is all information about that there's also <laughs> at least two documentaries yes where, where <laughs> yeah. roger yeah. stone 
and some yeah. Proud Boys potentially separately had documentary crews following them round. Yes. In the in the immediate vicinity of the capital. <laughs> well, yeah. not necessarily in the capital, but it, around January 5th and January yeah. 6th. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I suspect that might play into it a little yeah. bit. They might get some information from that. There was a there was an excellent BBC documentary, I think, called something like Four Hours at the Capitol or mm. Eight Hours at the Capitol or something like that, which pieces together cell phone footage and documentary footage from documentary. There was a, a Proud Boys documentary filmmaker in a wheelchair that was following them and taking footage and people and interviewing people. They're going, yeah, yeah, we're going to go storm the Capitol. <laughs> you know, that's what we're going to get back the election Trump told us to. And you kind of, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, we've had reports yeah. just just in the last week that Trump kind of wanted the Secret Service to drive him because he wouldn't walk down all the way from the Ellipse yeah. to the Capitol. That's like, God. you know, it's like half a mile or something. So, yeah, so, yeah he was trying to get this, the Secret Service to, to kind of drive him down there. Um, apparently, but wow. since he was only president, yeah. he didn't have the power to tell them to do it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And he probably wasn't that bothered. No. <laughs> but having promised that he would go down there with them, yeah, um, that's right. I'm, I'm there. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll go. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. can't get an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> They've got surge pricing Very on. Busy. I'm not playing. I'm not paying that <laughs> price. Yeah. Wow. So we've got a lot more, lot more to look forward to. Uh, oh, a lot. I mean, next next episode, you can bet we will be talking about what did happen and yeah, trying yeah, to match yeah. it up with what we said might happen. Yeah, and um, yeah, and see see what comes from these because it's it's almost it's what three weeks of of hearings. Yeah, um, and and it's gonna, well, it's then got we'll to, know. It's got to fill the space from the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing as yeah that yeah. you know we've got we, we can't it's like when you come to the end of a season <laughs> long end of breaking bad oh what do we watch now That's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, you know heard and depth oh what are we gonna watch now what courtroom drama can we watch now well this is it folks this uh-huh. is the one yeah we'll be glued to our our youtubes from <laughs> now on and finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. You know how if you forget someone's birthday, then you feel like you should get them something extra good to make up for it? Well, the universe realised it forgot my birthday last month, and as a special treat just for me, Peter Navarro got arrested for refusing Yay! to comply with congressional subpoena from the January 6th committee. Really, universe, you shouldn't have. It's just what I wanted. How did you know? Trump's former trade advisor spent less than two hours in jail before he was bailed out and has spent every moment since complaining that it's unconstitutional prosecutorial misconduct to put someone like him in jail. He said on Monday, Who are these people? This is not America. I was a distinguished civil servant for years. No one questioned my ethics. Fortunately, he wasn't under oath at the time or he'd definitely see perjury charges added for that one. When not complaining about being treated like a criminal for committing a crime, he's trying to get people to buy his book to pay for his legal fees, saying, It could be up to a million dollars. Help me, please. I can't let this kill my retirement. He has the money, you see. It's just that he doesn't want to spend it. So please, would you pay for his legal defence? If he doesn't raise enough, he's suggested he might defend himself, which would be amazing. He's not a lawyer, but he's pretty convinced he could do a good job. I'm not so sure, because he is an economist, and he was shit at that too. With a bit of luck, he'll end up like Brandon Fellows, the January 6th insurrectionist who represented himself despite the judge's advice not to and managed to admit to multiple additional felonies just during his bond hearing. (laughs) 
So while I wait for Navarro's hearing, I'm going to be selling my furniture to make room for all the popcorn I'm going to need to really enjoy the show. <laughs> so, yeah, that brand of fellows, yes, I'm guilty, but society is to blame. Yes, we'll be taking that. I want to take, also take into account 14 other felonies I did on the way here. Yes, that's right, yes. Yes, you have a fool for a client. Exactly. As part of Trump's supposed growing media empire, well, let's call it aspiration, his Trump Media and Technology Group is launching a new service, TMTG+, which sounds rather apt for Pride Month. But there'll be no coverage of Pride on this streaming service as it's going to offer programmes including, but not limited to, blue-collar comedy, cancelled shows, Trump-specific programming, faith-based shows, family entertainment, shows that embrace the Second Amendment, (laughs) gun-based shows, I guess, and news, my italics. TMTG Plus intends to licence, produce and deliver news, sports and non-woke entertainment content through this platform. Apparently, TMTG will not censor the creators of entertainment for TMTG+, nor will it insist that its programming push some particular political ideology, whilst at the same time maintaining it will provide a platform for conservative and or libertarian views. So I guess no ideology in particular there then. It feels an oddly strange notion, given Jim's experience preparing programmes for air, which involves cutting all that kind of stuff out. Perhaps there's a living to be made there, just editing all that stuff together and selling it on to TMTG+. They'd be too enraged to see through their red mist to notice. Might work. After all, they reportedly noted at an investor presentation in 2021 that they anticipate 40 million subscribers by 2026. And who are we to doubt the investors' faith? It's not like Trump's endeavours have ever gone bust in the past. Uh, oh, uh, no, wait. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a piece of shit, doesn't it? It does. It's kind of it's kind of, you know it's all the old stuff that got cancelled because it went out of fashion and nobody watched it, and now they're kind of going. You see, you know, we used to have programs like that in the UK. There was Love Thy Neighbour, uh-huh. which was about a white family living next to a black family yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. So and and mind your language, my langu- mind your language, mind your language, yeah. yeah. All that, and uh, Till Death Has Depart, which became Archie Bunker, all that uh-huh. stuff. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah, I feel like there's probably quite a big crossover between cancelled shows and blue-collar comedy faith-based shows and the Second Amendment shows. Exactly. Shows that are not allowed anymore. Yeah. Will. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's for people who say, oh, you can't say that yeah. anymore, <laughs> as, as if it's a personal affront to them. And you're going to go, no, that's because... As a species, we've moved on from Neanderthal. Yeah, you know, well, you can't yeah. go drag a woman out of a cave by her hair anymore, <laughs> beat her to death with a club. Can't do that anymore. People with you, bloody woke people. Yes. <sighs> okay, Marjorie Taylor Greene finally got me. I was trying to be strong and give her just the amount of attention she deserves. So when she mixed up the Gestapo and Gaspacho soup, we didn't even talk about it on the show. But... I'm only human. I think I would have been able to ignore it if she'd just called a petri dish a peach tree dish. But the fact she did it during an insane rant about the government giving you an electric shock if you don't eat Bill Gates's fake meat products is just too much. I can't not talk about it. So here's what Marjorie, who incidentally looks like David St. Hubbins reflected in the back of a spoon, said. 
<laughs> the government totally wants to provide surveillance on every part of your life. They want to know if you're eating a cheeseburger, which is very bad because Bill Gates wants you to eat his fake meat, which is grown in a peach tree dish. So you'll probably get a little zap Whoa. inside your body that's saying, no, no, don't eat a real cheeseburger. You need to eat the fake meat from Bill Gates. If anyone knows what the fuck she's talking about, our contact details are on the contact page. <laughs> In other MTG news, the congressperson most likely to call people she disagrees with paedophiles has hired a new intern, the 40-year-old right-wing troll who got fired from Breitbart for his pro-paedophilia views, Milo Yiannopoulos. I can only assume she and Lauren Boebert are having some kind of competition for worst human, and hiring Milo was worth a certain number of points. If Lauren doesn't hire Kyle Rittenhouse soon, I will be shocked. Oh yeah, that'll be worth a few more points. Let's roll the dice and see who's comes up. Yeah, Or oh, maybe she lost and got... Um, Milo, Milo in the... Yeah, that was it. yeah, yeah. And it has a kind of... To take the hit. Maybe. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. like it's... I feel like she's... She she's kind win. of up for that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like adopting the having to look after the, the bad kid in the school, isn't it? Going, yeah, can you just look after him for a week? You know, that kind of Yeah. Oh no, really? Or they just go, Yeah, we'll have him. That'll call there we we've upped our standing. I'll own the libs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woke that. <laughs> yeah. Understandably, a US official cannot legally accept a personal gift from a foreign source of more than $415 because it could lay one open to claims that interests outside of the US might be unduly buying influence. And Trump's administration, say in 2020, would be ever vigilant of that, of course, which is why the State Department officials recently told the Oversight Committee that they still cannot fully account for the foreign gifts that the Trump administration received during the former president's final year in office, in part because of problems during the transition <laughs> and issues of record-keeping, my italics, during the Trump administration. According to a top State Department official who briefed the committee last month, Trump officials, including members of the former president's family, maintained possession of items each valued in the tens of thousands of dollars range, raising concerns that there are potentially more items missing that are worth just as much, if not more. Other gifts, such as a rare whiskey valued at $5,800 that was gifted to then-Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, went missing, according to the State Department. Look, I know we found it kind of endearing when cast members of the West Wing took door plaques and ornaments from their White House, but they, and we, know it was a film set, and it, and they, were all made up. Ah, right, I see. I could save the State Department a lot of time investigating the motives behind Trump's kleptocratic regime. <laughs> you may remember on our 100th episode, I told you about Candace Taylor, the Georgia gubernatorial candidate whose entire platform is Jesus oh, yeah. Guns Babies. <laughs> you may also have noticed that we didn't mention her in our primaries roundup on the next episode. That's because while current governor and Trump's sworn enemy Brian Kemp got almost 74% of the vote, Candace got only 3.4%. <laughs> Yeah, You probably thought that would be the end of it, but silly you, you forgot that this is 2022, and if you lose an election, you can just claim whatever bullshit you like. So Candice, despite getting less than one twentieth of the votes that Kemp got, has refused to concede, and claimed the election was rigged and Georgians are communists. 
She's not on her own, though. Oh, no. She's got noted election fraud expert and man balancing a hairbrush on his upper lip, Mike Lindell, in her corner. Yay! (laughs) Mike went on his own media platform, Frank TV, the only place he's still allowed to say words, and said these words. Let me tell you, everybody, we have preliminary evidence that Candice Taylor, for every single vote that Kemp got, he took her votes and then added them, and Candice got 5%. Yeah, I've got no idea what that means either. But I've no doubt he'll release the evidence any day now. Yeah, yeah, any day. Any day. <laughs> a couple of weeks, does, probably, most. It does put me in mind of <laughs> Kevin Phillips Bong. You, you scored no votes at all. You polled no votes at all. Are you at all disappointed in any way? No, not at all. Yeah, as I always say. <laughs> yeah, not a sausage. Bugger all. Yes. Remember good old sensitive feeling Mike Pence? So sensitive a fly could crawl on his actual head for a good few minutes without him noticing. The fly eventually got bored and left. Well, it turns out he was felt to be grimly unfeeling of Trump's grievances about not winning the election. So much so that Pence's chief of staff warned the head of Pence's Secret Service detail that Trump was about to turn on his own vice president, endangering his security. And whilst the mob attacked the Capitol on the 6th of January, chanting hang Mike Pence and setting up a gallows outside, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times reported that two witnesses at the January 6th committees had said that Trump told Mark Meadows, his own chief of staff, something to the effect of maybe Mr Pence should be hung. Well, we all know it should be hanged, the the right word, not the actual act. Pence, who refused to go through with Trump's plan of overthrowing the results of the Electoral College on the 6th of January, was bundled to the basement safe space that day and yet refused to leave the building, saying, I'm not going to let the three worlds see us fleeing the capital and I'm staying. See, all that standing at the back, silently smiling behind Trump for all those years, he's finally got the last laugh. We've talked before about special counsel John Durham, who was appointed to look into the oranges of the Russia investigation and about his attempted prosecution of Michael Sussman. As a reminder, Sussman was a lawyer who gave the FBI information linking the Trump administration to a Russian bank, and Durham claims Sussman didn't tell the FBI he was working for Hillary Clinton at the time, despite the only proof being the testimony of an FBI agent who told Congress he couldn't remember what Sussman said. That apparently damning evidence wasn't enough for a jury who acquitted Sussman last month, leaving Durham with very little to show for a three-year investigation. Current front-runner in a multi-way neck-and-neck race for stupidest person in Congress, Louis Gohmert, believes that this outcome, along with Peter Navarro being arrested, represents indisputable evidence of a two-tier justice system, complaining last week that if you're a Republican, you can't even lie to Congress or lie to an FBI agent or they're coming for you. I mean... He's technically right in that you can't commit a crime without at least a possibility that you'll get arrested for it, unless you're Trump, of course, or, you know, Mark Meadows or Dan Scavino or Matt Gates, or Don Jr. or Madison Cawthorn or Kellyanne Conway or Jacob Wall or Rudy Giuliani. Um, there's, a, there's a few examples if you look at them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this week in the UK, we felt no compassion at all towards Boris when it turns out he had heard that the number of letters submitted to the chairman of the 1922 committee, the committee of all Tory party backbenchers, had reached the threshold to trigger a vote of no confidence and that he heard it the day of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations so he had to pretend to be jolly in the face of all the pageantry knowing that his livelihood was under threat. Yeah, right, now you know how the rest of us feel, suffering under a cost-of-living crisis and tax burden the likes of which we'd not seen since the 1940s and looking on as an empty, 
four-ton gold carriage trundles in front of us, figuratively thumbing its overprivileged nose at us, whilst we're expected to wave a bit of flaggy bunting and be thankful. Despite the bread and circuses of the pageantry, the votes went ahead, and over 40% of his own government had no confidence in him as a leader, about which Jacob Rees-Mogg, staunch Brexiteer and Boris supporter, said this. It's a very bad result for the Prime Minister, but if you think 163 Conservative MPs are on the payroll, their ministers, PPSs, uh, vice-chairman of the party, trade envoys... Um, and therefore, of the non-payroll, of backbenchers, the Prime Minister lost really very heavily. And if you're on the payroll, you ought to resign to vote against her. But clearly the Prime Minister has lost the support of the backbenchers of the Conservative Party, and that is not a good position for her to be in. And mispronounced him in the process. No. No, of course he didn't. That was for Theresa May, who won her vote of no confidence, orchestrated by Reet Smug in 2018. No, he actually said this, even though Boris got 148 no votes to May's 117. Good victory for the Prime Minister. Uh, he won comfortably and now he is getting on business cabinet this morning. There's a lot to be done. And we're promised another reset to get the lot to be done done. The sixth so far, by my reckoning, where the government will concentrate on doing what the people want. Of course, it won't be what the public expressed by booing at Boris during the platitudes belations in vocal representation of the 60% of the poll public wanting him gone. Serves him right for venturing out in public, I guess. Never get out of the boat, Boris. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or simply tell one other person, in person, about how much they'd like our podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our straw man level patrons Steve Bickle, Schmoots, Mark Reiki, and Amber R. Buchanan, and our true Scotsman level patrons Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, Max Beaver, and our top patron Lauren. Thank you so much for your continued support, people. It really does make a difference. Thank you very much. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.